So any other advice for starting a new school? Just kind of be outgoing and friendly and look for kids that share your interests? Yeah. And if someone does reject you, make it about, don't make it your fault, make it their fault. for not noticing that you were being nice to them or not repaying your kindness. Well, and also everyone doesn't have to be best friends with everyone else, right? Yeah. It's fine if they don't particularly want to be friends with you, but you can still be nice to each other. That's exactly right. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's episode features another conversation with my 11-year-old son, Asher. As I've mentioned in previous podcasts, we are getting lots of feedback from parents who say that they're co-listening to the Asher kid-focused episodes with their kids, and that they like hearing from another kid who sounds like them and is going through some of the same challenges as they are. So last week, I reached out to members of the Tilt community and people on our Facebook page and asked for questions from these kid listeners directed specifically to Asher. We got a lot of responses, many of which were all about Asher's social life, how he makes friends, what he does when confronted with mean kids, and that sort of thing. We got questions on other topics as well, but for today's episode, we decided to stick with talking about the social scene for differently wired kids. If you want to be a part of the Tilt community, please join us by signing up at TiltParenting.com and join us on our active Facebook page at Facebook.com slash TiltParenting. And now, on with the show. Hi, Asher. Hello, Mom and various viewers. Well, listeners are not really viewing us. I thought it might be helpful to maybe start by just kind of talking about who you are right now, your age, and what your friendships are like right now. Like, who are your closest friends, and how did you guys meet? Well, I'm 11. I'll be 12 in August, and what was the third question again? The third question was, could you tell us about your close friendships and how you guys met? Well, my best friend is called Seb. And how did you and Seb meet? I was in the fours class, which means four years old. So as you may guess, we've been friends for the majority of my life. That's been a long time. Yeah. What makes you you two such good friends, and how do you stay connected? Well, we usually Skype every week. Yeah, you guys have been friends for more than half your life, and for the past three years now that we've been living in Amsterdam, you've maintained a strong friendship through the magic of Skype. And what is it about your relationship with Seb that has worked? And, like, what do you guys have in common? What makes you such good friends? Well, we're both interested in the same thing. Like the ocean and space. And- so you guys share a lot of the same interests. <laughs> yeah. What do you do when you're together? Usually talk about things. Maybe play some games. Don't you also plot to take over the world? Um, yeah, of course. Maybe we shouldn't go into that, though. Yeah. I mean, then they'd see it coming. (laughs) (laughs) So you have Seb, and then who are the other close friendships that you have? Well, there's somebody called Sam. Yeah, and tell us about Sam, and what makes you guys good friends? Well, he's alive. He has hands. (laughs) And feet, too. (laughs) Great, that's a good start. (laughs) Being alive is always an asset. You'll easily be able to recognize him. (laughs) Well, he's a friend in Amsterdam, but what do you guys do together and what what makes you good friends? 
Well, we like to go to museums and things. Like, only, um, yesterday? Yeah, only yesterday we went to the European Space Center in the Netherlands. So you guys share an in interest in space. And yeah. Also computer games, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Such as Minecraft. And your other close friend is a friend that you met here. And actually in a social skills group, you guys totally hit it off. And he no longer lives in the Netherlands, but you have stayed connected through some visits and also through FaceTiming. Yeah. So, and that, I thought we'd talk about that particular relationship because FaceTiming with him has had some challenges. What I've noticed is that you guys really like to play games together. You're both interested in the same games. You're both... Such as Minecraft. Mm-hmm. I mean, he isn't interested in any of my other games, but... But that game, you guys like to play together, and you're both very intense, and sometimes those FaceTime game sessions don't go very well. And so we've had to actually work quite a lot on that, right? Well, sometimes we're doing something, and he or I gets really annoyed that something happens, and then quits, and then they kind of strand the other person. And what's your reaction when that happens? Well, sometimes I'm the one doing it, but loads and loads of anger. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, I was doing really well, and you just abandoned me in the middle of Minecraft. Yeah, we've had a number of situations where you guys were playing and then things went downhill really quickly and the call ended up, it ended kind of abruptly and with you being really upset. And that's challenging for a friendship, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So I bet that other kids listening to this maybe have been in similar situations where there's a friend that they really like, but they find themselves getting angry with some things and then having a big reaction and then that can create challenges well, for that relationship. apologize after it happens. Yeah. We've made much clearer rules on time. Like, sometimes he would start something, and then I would run out of my screen time. And then I end up having to abandon him, and that's really difficult, too. Because he has infinite screen time. Well, technically, it only is 24 hours a day. I know that we worked a lot on coming up with some strategies to help you because this friendship is really important to you and we didn't want you getting upset about things or him getting upset about the way things were going during your game playdates to interfere or negatively impact your relationship. So I have a hunch that if you were to share the strategies that you used in that situation, it might be helpful for some of the kids listening. We, meaning me and mom, wrote down a list of all the different bad things that could happen. And then we plan solutions for each of them. It had things on it like run out of time. Run screaming for the hills because there's no solution. <laughs> That's not the solution. <laughs> run screaming for the hills. <laughs> so how many items were on that list? I think it was four or five. I think it was six. And it was situations that you had encountered in the past that had been upsetting to you. And then we strategized solutions. Some of them, if I recall correctly, were really about your personal mindset, right? Yeah. I would remind myself that friendship was more important than a game. And did that... Slightly. Did that help you? Yeah. Actually, I think when you... We're about to start another game session with this friend. You also kind of would talk with him 
and let him know, hey, these are things that have been hard for me, including the issue of me not having as much screen time as you and some other things. And these are things that have been frustrating for me. Can we do things differently this time? Your good friends, they have seen you through your highs and your lows. Friends who've been your close friends have all been around you when you've had a meltdown or in some cases, many meltdowns, right? Yeah. Can you talk about what that's like for you? How do you feel if you have kind of a meltdown in front of a friend? I usually feel a bit embarrassed. And I apologize because sometimes I take up my anger on things that aren't really related. Mm -hmm. Such as friends. Mm -hmm. Which is really a bad habit. Yeah, I don't know if it's a habit, but it's sometimes it just happens because when you have those meltdowns or explosions... They're so emotionally charged. Yeah. It's hard to sometimes control it in the moment. When you've had a meltdown in front of a friend, how has that turned out after you've apologized to them? Have you ever had that go not so well? Or like no, what is it usually goes it usually goes fine. They sometimes take a little bit to forgive if I yell particularly at them, but Mm-hmm. But it hasn't ruined any friendships. Yeah. Yeah, you've been really lucky. You've had some you have some really special friends in your life, but you yeah. also work hard at your friendships. Yeah. Would you consider yourself to be a good friend? Yeah. What makes you a good friend to other people? Well, there's my obvious humbleness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. What makes you a good friend? I'm usually really happy to see my friends when they arrive. That's true. You do make your friends feel like celebrities when they show up. Sometimes, well, they are, aren't they? Sometimes repeating their name over and over and jumping up and down. <laughs> it's a nice welcoming. Yeah. So, one of the questions I got from a lot of parents that their kids wanted to know from you is what about mean kids? So, that's what one parent wrote. What about mean kids? Another wrote, We'd love to hear what Asher does if kids call him a weirdo or other mean names. Well, people don't really call me a weirdo. Have you ever been in a situation where kids haven't been kind to you? Yes, but I've never been in a situation where they weren't being kind to me specifically because of my Asperger's. So what kind of situations have kids not been kind to you? Sometimes they were mean to me in school. What I have noticed is that sometimes kids like to push your buttons. Yeah, that's the my biggest problem. How do they do that? They do things that get on my nerves on purpose. Until I explode at them, and then I get in trouble. Yeah, why do you think they do that? Because they're the essence of evil. I don't know about that. That's the pretty extreme. The very essence of evil! I do think that you got it right, though, when you just said they would push your buttons until you explode, and then you got in trouble. And my hunch was, is, that there are some kids who find your big reaction interesting, or intriguing, or entertaining in some way. And so some kids want to see it again. You think that might be true? Yeah, possibly. Can you recall a situation where someone pushed your buttons, you exploded, got in trouble? Like, how have you handled that? How has that made you feel about yourself? Kind of annoyed. And how have you avoided those situations? Well, usually by not letting them push my buttons, by just, like, leaving, ignoring them. So you're able to just kind of ignore them? Is that a strategy working for you? it's kind of hard, but... What has been your experience if you've ignored them? 
Well, if I've ignored them, usually nothing. They'll usually try and, like, push my buttons more to try and get me to come back, which sometimes works. When it doesn't work, how are you... I'm curious how you're doing that. Like, how are you managing to not get sucked in? Because it's really hard. Yeah. What do you tell yourself? They don't matter. What matters is what I do. What they do don't matter. What matters is what I do. Mm-hmm. And if I get really annoyed at them, then I get in trouble. Yeah. I remember that happening a lot when you were younger, that your reaction would be so big, you would be, get in trouble, but no one was looking into what led up to the explosion and how... Yeah, it's a big problem. It is a big problem in school. I noticed that a lot. I mean, we're homeschooling now, but when you were younger... There are seem to be teachers when, just when you've gotten annoyed and done something a lot less bad than what they did to you, but still bad. Well, and there's also the situation, Asher, that it's not even that what they did was more or less bad. It's that, or yes, maybe it was worse, but because your reaction would often be big or what was deemed to be inappropriate that that outweighed how bad the other thing and was and they wouldn't get in trouble. And I noticed that you used to struggle to stand up for yourself in those situations. You remember that? Yeah. You would tell me the story later. And I would always say, well, did you tell the teacher that that happened? And you would say, no, I forgot. I'm very forgetful <laughs> in times of need. <laughs> This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. If you listen to this show, you probably know that at least one in five children is differently wired. But did you know that approximately one in two women will experience hair thinning? If you're part of that 50%, you are absolutely not alone. But because hair thinning for women isn't something people openly talk about, going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. So why not do something about it with Nutrafol? Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth isn't going to cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, postpartum, menopause, even for different lifestyles like a plant-based diet. 
To get your personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes, you can take a simple hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com. And because there's no prescription required, you can quickly get set up online with free shipping and automated deliveries, which make it so much easier to stick with your new hair care routine. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code TILT. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code TILT. That's Nutrafol.com promo code TILT. So yeah, that used to happen to you a lot when you're in school. I don't see that really being a big situation anymore. But at the time, that was really tricky. And we were trying to help you learn how to advocate for yourself and to get help in those situations, right? If someone was picking on you, reminding you to remember this, that your teachers were there to help you. And that if you can go get help instead of engaging, that was always going to be a better choice. Yeah. Did you ever do that? Sometimes, but it was kind of hard because all the teachers seemed to disappear mm. as soon as you needed them. Interesting. It's like, oh, okay, I need to re- report to a teacher, and it's like, what teacher? I don't see any teachers. <laughs> so, what's your strategy now? So, we're homeschooling. We have a smaller circle of friends, and we don't have that kind of daily interaction with a lot of different kids, which is what I think can be so challenging for many yeah, it's kids. simultaneously nice not to worry about that and bad because I don't get to see my friends very often. That's true. And you also don't get a lot of practice with kids who might push your buttons. You're not getting practice, not getting sucked in. So what happens now? Like we have a small circle of friends here that you see socially and things have not always gone smooth with all the children. What do you do? Like, what's your strategy now if someone is being rude to you or trying to push your buttons? What do you do? Still kind of ignore them. Your strategy is to ignore the person? Yeah. Maybe just tell them to stop. Have you done that? Yeah. What I noticed you doing lately is you kind of, it's like this fine dance, right? It's like you kind of want to have a relationship with these kids, but you also are standing up for yourself in that relationship. So it's kind of... Almost like frenemies. Yeah. Right? Instead of just enemies. It's kind of like a frenemy relationship, which always makes me a little nervous because I feel like it's just one little thing can push it over the edge. Yeah. It's like teetering on the brink between nice and mean. Yeah. But you've been okay in that space most of the time. And then you're saying that when things have not gone so well that you've opted to ignore and yeah. and that has diffused the situation? Yeah. Okay, cool. Another question that we got, I thought you might have a good answer for. There is someone who wrote in whose child is had a hard time in school last year, and they've moved to a new town and a new school system. So they want to know if you have any advice about making friends in new situations and adjusting to a new school. And since you have, you know, again, we're homeschooling now. Well, you want to kind of learn about how everything works at that school. That's a top priority. Like what? Like when they have lunch, what your favorite teacher is. Okay. Who everyone is. Mm-hmm. You want to try and find people with similar interests. How do you do that? How did you personally do it? Because you, you went to three I schools in three years. I sometimes found people talking about topics that I find interesting. I was like, 
And I just butted in and I was like, hey, what about this? And they're like, oh, yeah, good idea. Yeah, you're not, you are an introvert, but you're also not a shy person. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't have a problem kind of starting a conversation with someone if they're doing something you find interesting. Yeah. That's a really easy way to make friends. Mm-hmm. And, and the key thing is to be nice to people, even if you don't really know them that much. Mm. That's really good advice. If you're nice to someone who doesn't know you, they will now they will know you as that person who is nice to them, mm-hmm. and that makes them more likely to be friends with you, mm-hmm. That's and therefore true. do nice things to you too. And then the whole world will be full of happiness. <laughs> Has that ever backfired for you? Not really. Sometimes I've been nice to people and they've been mean to me, and then I'm just like, okay, I'm not being nice to you again. Yeah. If you're going to be mean to me, then you can just take your, you can just keep your own niceness. <laughs> you're not going to get any more. Well, what I know about you is that you are someone who will always give someone the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. So you don't discriminate against who you could be friends with. You're open to being friends with everyone. And you kind of go into new relationships assuming people are nice and friendly. And then it's only when you they've proven otherwise or shown you otherwise yeah. that they are not nice or friendly that I'm like, okay, they're off the friends list. Right. Yeah. So, uh, But I just imagine being someone who assumes everyone is nice. And you really do put yourself out there quite a lot. I noticed that about you, that there have to have been times where that hasn't worked out so well. Well, then uh, they're just acting like a jerk. And I'm like, okay, then I'm not being nice to you anymore. Does that hurt your self-esteem or your confidence? No. Really? No. Why not? Because I'm slightly arrogant. (laughs) But only slightly. I don't know if Like just a tad. I would say, (laughs) I wouldn't use the word arrogant to describe you, but I would say you're a very confident person. And you like yourself. Yeah. That's very important. So when other kids don't see you or respect who you are, you don't make it about yourself. You still feel good about yourself and you're like, well, they're missing out then. Yeah. Well, they obviously can't perceive how amazing I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's going to go over well. (laughs) (laughs) So any other advice for starting a new school? Just kind of be outgoing and friendly and... Look for kids that share your interests. Yeah. And if someone does reject you, make it about, don't make it your fault, make it their fault for not noticing that you were being nice to them or not repaying your kindness. Well, and also everyone doesn't have to be best friends with everyone else, right? Yeah. It's fine if they don't particularly want to be friends with you, but you can still be nice to each other. That's exactly right. Being friends just means you regularly have playdates and things. You maybe sit next to each other. Basically, being friends mean you're, means you're biased towards that person. You're biased towards them? Yes. Okay. You want more of that person than other people. Mm-hmm. Someone wanted to know if you've ever felt lonely or misunderstood by other kids. Well, I have felt misunderstood sometimes. Yeah? Have you ever felt misunderstood because of your ADHD or your Asperger's or kind of who you are or the things that you're interested in or the way that you talk about things? Well, yeah, I have sometimes been seen as a blabber. Yeah? Blah, 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 blah. Has that impacted relationships with other kids, do you think? Uh, Not really. Well, we are working on it, though, right? Yeah. That is something we are... 
focusing on is the importance of letting friends contribute to the conversation too. Yeah, I am. I am actually a bit of a blabber. Yeah, I mean, I remember just yesterday on our way to the field trip that you you and Sam were having a conversation and Sam was trying to contribute and you would cut him off as soon as he started to. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I want to hear what Sam has to say. Let's let Sam finish his thought. And then he did and I was like, wow, that's a great thought. Anyways, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Okay, so you've some sometimes felt misunderstood that people didn't really get you. I'm just so eager to share a topic that I will continually share it with any living thing nearby. Mm -hmm. So my last question is someone wanted to know how you feel about group activities versus doing things alone. Like what is your kind of ideal social situation that you thrive in? Well, I'd like to be able to do things on my own or with a group and not have anybody think any the worse of me for doing that. So I'm a little confused. Can you give us an example? Well, say everyone else was playing soccer. I was really tired because I had a really horrible cold. Then I'd just be like, oh, you know, I'll just read for a bit over here. And I'd like to have people be fine with me for doing that. I see. Be able to go on my own and engage in a group without having anybody modify their opinions of me. Yeah. I mean, at least not negatively. I mean, if they modify them positively, go ahead. <laughs> But I have noticed group situations are tricky for you, or can be. Yeah. Because sometimes the group votes on something that I really don't want to do. Mm -hmm. And then if I can, and then when I try and leave, they say I can't. And then I have to do something uninteresting. Mm -hmm. And then usually I end up doing a terrible job. And then sometimes they get annoyed at me for doing a terrible job. Mm -hmm. Do you actually like group situations? Yeah. Then? They're a way to do things with many friends at once. Okay. I actually didn't know that you liked them. I guess I know that you like them in theory, but they seem to be really challenging yeah, for you. I like them in theory. But as you said before, you are someone who, who also does need a lot of time alone. And so one of the things I think that has helped in group situations was to always make sure the person leading the group knows that you might need some time to separate and kind of do your own thing. Which usually means reading. Right. When you're about to be in a group situation, do you have any anxiety about that? Or do you get nervous about it? Maybe a bit. Is there anything that you... Like, how do you get through that? Well, I usually just say, well, it will probably turn out to be better than I'm imagining it. Because I'm imagining the worst possible scenario. Probably worse than the worst possible scenario. Mm -hmm. Where everyone turns into nightmarish demons. <laughs> I don't think you go there. But I do know that before group situations like that where you were feeling anxious, the thing that we have done is talked about what is your plan if things don't go well. So if you, you always go into it knowing that there's a plan so you don't have yeah. to be anxious about it. Yeah. If you had could give a message to all the kids listening who are like struggling with friendships and social situations, what would your message be well, to them? Well, I can give a message to all the kids listening to our <laughs> So what is it? Everybody out there is unique and awesome in their own way. Everyone will eventually find a friend who's kind of suited to them. And the friend will also find the people I'm talking to and find them suited to them too because it has to be mutual 
When you find a friend who really gets you. Yeah. And you really get them. And you will eventually. Mm-hmm. It feels pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you for having this conversation. We covered a lot of ground. And I know it's sometimes hard to answer all these questions. Yeah. But you did a great job. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you to all of our listeners today, young and old, for listening to this Asher special episode of the Till Parenting Podcast. We hope you enjoyed hearing Asher's thoughts on your questions, and please feel free to keep sending them to us at info at tillparenting.com. Or if you have an idea for a future episode, a topic you'd like us to cover, or a guest you'd like us to have on the show, please fill out our podcast suggestion box, which you can find a link to on our podcast page at tiltparenting.com slash podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, go to tiltparenting.com slash session 18. Thanks again for tuning in. For more information on the Tilt Revolution, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Guilt Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.